It's time to bring in Walter Cherapinski from WalterFootball.com, one of the foremost authorities in the world on the NFL draft. Walter, thank you so much for joining us today. You're probably sick of talking about 2022 draft by now. How much work have you put into the 2025 draft? Because I know that's how you guys work at WalterFootball.com. Yeah, we have to get started on that. Uh, we have a 2024 mock draft on the site already, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be updating my 2023 mock draft this week. So, yeah, we're uh, I, you know I love the draft, and I can't wait uh, for it to get started in three days. Um, but yeah, we're already looking ahead. You do love it. You and Charlie are consistently ranked among the top in the world at picking these guys, and that's why we have you here on Ira on Sports. So, Walter, I gotta ask you, you know, six or eight months ago, you would have seen Kayvon Thibodeau at the top of most mock drafts. Now we're seeing, you know, some some traction for Trayvon Walker moving up faster, but Aiden Hutchinson does seem to be the consensus number one and the top defensive end. What is it that he's done in his senior and his senior year and the last, you know, six to eight months in general that put him to the top? Well, I mean, he he had a great year. First of all, I mean, all, all these guys played phenomenally. Uh, obviously, they they they're at the top for that reason. Um, but Kayvon Thibodeau was the I would say the consensus number one during the season, but he fell off a bit. Uh, there's some character concerns with him. I know he, he interviewed very poorly uh, at the combine. I, I one team spoke to him for 15 minutes, and he mentioned his brand five times. So uh, <laughs> they, like, there's there's some question of there's some question about whether he loves football or loves. Uh, the money or, and the fame that's going to come with football. So uh, he's he's flipping a little bit, but I, I'd, I'd be surprised if he falls very far. Um, and, and you have Hutchison, who's um, he's, he's deemed the safest of the the edge rushers. Um, uh, he is the highest he is the highest floor for sure. And the Jaguars, um, I, I think they're leaning toward him right now because of that safety. But it's it's close to fifty fifty. Charlie Campbell reported today uh, that the Jaguars are taking this down to the wire. Uh, they love Trayvon Walker's upside. So they could really go either way with these two guys. So I'll preface this by saying I am a New York Giants fan. But it looks like, you know, according to you guys' drafts at WalterFootball.com, it looks like the Giants will have the pick of the litter of offensive linemen for the uh, second time in three years. And you have them taking Evan Neal from Alabama. What? And, I, you know, this goes both ways in a lot of mock drafts because you will see, uh, you know, Charles Cross or Ike Mekwanu, uh going first. Why do you guys have Neal going first? And why do you think he, uh, the Giants would have him first? Um, well, it's uh, we we have some information. Fortunately, Charlie does a great job of, uh, of reporting, and you know the teams he's spoken to, they, they have Evan Neal higher uh, than than Ike Kwanu. Actually, uh, we Charlie spoke to a team uh, recently. He told me yesterday uh, that they they have Charles Cross ahead of Ikwanu. So um, I, I think it really depends on on what teams are looking for. Right now, it seems like Evan Neal is the consensus. Uh, top offensive linemen, but you know, t- teams teams think uh, differently of prospects. Like for example, I can tell you back in 2017, uh, Deshaun Watson was taking uh, number 12 overall. Obviously, the Texans loved him. Uh, there, some other teams loved him as well. But I, I, I know a team had him in the third round. So, it, like mm-hmm. really, these teams think differently. Um, I, it wouldn't surprise me at all if some teams have Equinu uh, above Neil, um, but th- most of the teams that Charlie's spoken to have Neil as the, as the number one tackle. Well, as a Giants fan, I can kind of relate to that because typically we take guys that other teams have in the third round. In the first <laughs> round. Um, <laughs> let's talk about, um, this is a, another great wide receiver draft. But there's really no clear-cut number one wide receiver. I don't want to give away your whole draft. You can find it at WalterFootball.com. But you guys have the Jets taking the first receiver off the board. It's going to be Garrett Wilson. Why do you like the fit of Wilson to the Jets? He's an he's an explosive receiver. He has huge upside, and that's how the Jets have drafted 
uh, under Joe Douglas. Uh, they, they've gone for the home run picks, like for example, Mackay Becton. Uh, he had he had a low floor because of weight concerns, but um, you saw his potential, and the Jets fell in love with that. And the same thing with Zach Wilson last year. Uh, Zach Wilson was uh, he had one great year at BYU, uh, so there there was definitely a low floor there. Um, you know, given that he wouldn't be able to live up to uh, his his draft billing, um, but the Jets fell in love with his potential, and I, I think that's that's going to be the case with Garrett Wilson. Uh, he he never led Ohio State in receiving. Uh, is always uh, Chris Olave, and and now. Um, you know he's going to be going ahead of Chris Olave, but just because of his potential, and I, I think that makes the most sense for the Jets. Um, I, I, I would note though, I, I would have Jameson Williams above uh, Garrett Wilson if he were healthy. The 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 twenty sales issue though, obviously. So one of the things I love about your drafts at WalterFootball.com is you guys don't throw crazy trades out there. You you play it the way it lies. Some drafts you'll see the Chiefs trading up to take a quarterback, just ridiculous stuff to get printed. So. You know, speaking on to that, what is a draft day trade you could see happen? This isn't like, you know, the past couple of years where we saw last year, you know, San Francisco jockeying up, the, the Dolphins moving around, the Eagles. None of that's happened because there's no prize QB, but what could you see happening on draft day? I can see a couple of things. Um, I, I don't see any early trades. Uh, th- this draft class is pretty weak compared to others. Uh, so uh, from what we, we've gathered, it seems like teams want to trade down. Uh, more than they want to trade up. But there, there are a couple of situations where I think uh, teams will be able to trade up. Actually, uh, the two Pennsylvania teams, I could see them uh, both <laughs> moving up. Uh, so if Malik Willis gets by the Panthers six, uh, we could see him going into the teens. And, and I think that the, the Steelers would want to move up to secure Malik Willis. It sounds like they like him a lot. They obviously need a quarterback. Mitch Trubisky is their quarterback right now. And he's not, it, it doesn't seem like he's going to be a long term answer. Uh, despite him going number two overall uh, a few years ago. Uh, so I, I think the Steelers would move up. I, I just don't see them moving up all the way up to number five. I think that would be way too expensive. But if they can move into, the, I would say, like the, the 10 to 13 range, I, I think that would make a lot of sense to them. And then with the Eagles, uh, I, I've heard that they, they like Jordan Davis a lot. The problem is that Baltimore could definitely take Jordan Davis. Uh, they've shown a lot of interest in him. And I think the Eagles know that. So I, I can see the Eagles leapfrogging. Uh, the, the the Ravens to get Jordan Davis. Uh, I don't think they'd have to move up very far, though. We're speaking with Walter Cherapinski of WalterFootball.com here on Ira on Sports. Ira, what do you have for Walter? Walter, Walter thanks for coming on again at Ira on Sports. Um, what I'm interested, you just said about Malik Willis going to the Panthers at six, the first quarterback from Liberty University, the first quarterback to the Panthers. And then you have Kenny Pickett going to the Saints at 16. Um, that was a little surprise. You don't see a lot there. And and also, if Pickett drops that far, you don't see the Steelers trading up trying to get Pickett. Or have they moved on from Pickett? Because, you know, he's from Pittsburgh, and they always say, the Rooney said, we, we passed on Dan Marino. That was our, I'm never going to pass on another Pittsburgh quarterback again. <laughs> Well, I mean, maybe they do that, but I, I, I can't really find a spot for Pickett. Like you mentioned, I have him going to the Saints right now. That's not going to be the case tomorrow. I'm going to do an update tonight, and I'm not going to have Pickett there Tuesday morning. I heard that the Saints don't have much interest in him, uh, and I've, I've been asking around. Uh, Charlie and I've been asking around. We can't find a spot for Pickett at all, um, and I, I think um, unless we hear something recent, uh, soon. I'm going to have him dropping to number 32 to the Lions. Um, I, I think the Lions would definitely take him to 32. Obviously, they're not going to, too. But I, I think they would it would take a chance on him uh, at the end of the first round. Uh, there, there are two concerns with Pickett. Uh, well, maybe three. Uh, one is the lack of upside. Um, but that's that's not like a huge issue because he's, he's deemed to be pro-ready. Uh, the two issues with him are, one, his hand size. 
and a team in the north um, in, in cold weather, and it's going to be an issue. I, I know he played in Pittsburgh, uh, but he fumbled a lot in college, and he never really had to play uh, past Thanksgiving because the college football season, uh, basically a regular season, ends uh, around Thanksgiving. So if he goes to the Steelers, they'll have to deal with his small hands, his like fumbling issues in December and January. I think that's going to be a big issue. So I, I think that, like if he goes to a team – uh, it would have to be a dome team like the Lions or a southern team that doesn't really have uh, cold weather. Um, the second issue with, with Pickett is that he had a 17 Wonderlick score. So that, that is a concern as well. I, I know the Wonderlick's not the end-all be-all, but it, it is still a, it's still a pretty low score uh, that you don't want to see from a quarterback. So uh, those are the two issues with Pickett. And uh, I, I don't, you know, we don't speak to all the teams. So, like, for example, Atlanta could take him at eight, uh, theoretically, I guess. But uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he drops and has a, kind of like an Aaron Rodgers or Brady Quinn plummet. And then you have the Steelers. Well, that would be very interesting at 18. I'm sure Steelers fans would be thinking if he's dropping, he'd be picking. But you have them picking Kyle Hamilton, a more Troy Palfanala type safety cornerback at the 20th spot for the Steelers. Yeah, I, I think Hamilton would be a nice fit for the Steelers. Um, it, it, like, it seems like Hamilton's going to drop. I, I think during the season he was projected to go in the top 10. We, we, we had him in the top 10 uh, in the fall. Uh, but but he's he's dropped recently uh, because well first of all he ran poorly um, at, at his pro day some some teams clocked him in in four sevens uh, second some teams are concerned that he doesn't have a natural position uh, some teams think he's a safety other th- other teams think he's a linebacker it kind of reminds teams of Isaiah Simmons uh, who went in the top ten for the uh, for the Cardinals a couple years ago and as Isaiah Simmons has struggled in the NFL so I think there's some fear that Kyle Hamilton could be the next Isaiah Simmons, uh, and he, he could disappoint because he doesn't have a natural position. And then it was interesting. I, I know I'm harping on quarterbacks, but that's sort of why you know, they are the glamour position here. So on you have 40th. You have the Seahawks finally because of the situation in terms of uh, where they really don't know what they're doing with their court. Drew Locke is their quarterback. But um, you have Matt Corral going there at 40 in the second round. You know, this is Matt Corral, who, if you looked at some of your drafts a couple of years ago, had, you know, was first or second off the board. You have him dropping all the way to the second round, but not past that second round. Yeah, he's um, – there's some issues in Matt Corral as well. I, I guess you can say that with all the quarterbacks in this class. But uh, obviously the injury, I, I think that definitely pushed him down. Also, I've heard uh, some off-the-field character concerns with Corral. I, I don't know what specifically, but we've heard – uh, some teams have docked him for that. Uh, so I, I think there's a chance that he drops to the second round, although um, it's, it's possible that the Seahawks, um, given that they have more draft capital than they originally had, uh, could move up for Corral uh, into the end of the first round. I, I think that could definitely be possible. So, um, you know, despite only having two quarterbacks in the first round of a mock draft, I, I think three could get there um, because I think a team would want to secure a quarterback and not wait one more day and also to get that fifth-year option at the end of the first round. Right, and then you have Desmond. Now, I see these mocks of Desmond Ritter, the quarterback from Cincinnati, going to uh, Pittsburgh, but that's you know pretty early, but you have him dropping all the way to 43rd to Atlanta, so that's where Atlanta would take their quarterback at 43. Yeah, I, I, Atlanta needs a quarterback. They have Marcus Mariota basically on, uh, based, effectively on a one-year contract, and you know they're going to see how he does, but I, I can't imagine Atlanta wanting to just go into the season with Mariota, so... I think they're they're like Seattle um, or Pittsburgh if if the Steelers can't get um, Malik Willis. I, I think 
that Atlanta could trade up into the end of the first round to take a Desmond Ritter, maybe Sam Howell, uh, maybe Matt Corral. Uh, I'm not really sure what Atlanta is looking for uh, in terms of quarterback because uh, this this new regime that they have hasn't drafted a quarterback yet. So I'm kind of I'm, I'm going to be interested to see how they how they uh, pursue that uh, position, but. Um, yeah, I, I think any of the, the second-round quarterbacks are open for Atlanta, um, you know, uh, Pittsburgh, as I said, uh, Seattle, uh, maybe maybe Minnesota if they want to look past uh, Kirk Cousins. So those are the teams that could be looking for a quarterback on day two. Well, I'm as a Steeler fan, I love the fact that you have Sam Howe. I I've saw I saw, watched uh, Sam Howe in person uh, when he played the Hurricanes down in Miami two years ago, or three years ago, actually. It's hard to figure out the COVID in terms of what you were, we were at. <laughs> but uh, to me, he's Baker Mayfield. Like, he plays like that. He just happened this past year he lost all his running backs all his wide receivers and that's why he's in his offensive lineman but i i've i thought i like his fire i know he's short but i mean really he is just to me another baker bayfield that you can get you have him going to the steelers with the 52nd pick in the second round yeah the steelers are looking for a mobile quarterback so i, I think that makes a lot of sense um the, the height is the, the issue for sam howell if, if you were taller i think you would definitely see him in the first round and he could still get there um Charlie told me that he spoke to a team that has Sam Howell rated over Kenny Pickett. So uh, it's, it could be possible that, that Howell is the second quarterback off the board. And then it was interesting, you know, I think the running backs are going to be intriguing because you saw so many running backs, rookie running backs, of course, have success. But you had an interesting one, James Cook of Georgia, who was their star running back, going to the Giants. Don't they have Saquon Barkley at the 81st pick? And maybe some of these teams that we think have are set at running back will try to add another running back to their mix. Yeah, teams always seem to be looking for a running back in the round two to four range. Uh you know, when the Vikings had Adrian Peterson running great as, as uh, in his first or second year, they drafted Toby Gerhardt in the second round. Uh, I think I think Peterson was in his second year when they did that. Uh, so teams are always looking for running backs on day two or, or the fourth round. And Saquon Barkley hasn't been able to stay healthy the past two years. Uh, he tore his ACL uh, in 2020, in week two of 2020. And then last year, he, he was on and off the field frequently, just wasn't 100%. And the Giants, the Giants have brought in a lot of running backs on, on top 30 visits, and they've done a lot of work on James Cook and also uh, Brian Robinson. Those are the two running backs they've shown the most interest in. So um, unless this is smoke, I, I think that they're going to take one of those guys. Uh, it seems like they like James Cook the most because they really need uh, an insurance policy for, for Barkley just because he hasn't been able to stay healthy. I love your pick at 29 for the Chiefs with Jahan Dotson. Of course, I'm a Penn State fan, but he's been trying to catch. He's been attempting to catch balls that uh, Clifford's been throwing for the last, I think, three years. And, and I just have Clifford in no high esteem at all. And I'm thinking I can go from Clifford to Mahomes. That's like driving a you know a Pinto to a Maserati. I mean, there's no comparison. And I, I just I'm, I was I would be very excited for Jahan Dotson uh, if he went to the Chiefs at 29. Yeah, the Chiefs really need a receiver, uh, and they could take one of many receivers. I, I'm actually, I, I think I'm going to have Dotson moving up in tomorrow's uh, mock no, draft. No, no, uh, no. I may have him. <laughs> well, I may have him going to. I may have him going to Green Bay. So you're going to have Aaron Rodgers. So. Okay, that's <laughs> you, good. You'll, you, you'll be you'll be in good shape for uh, for Dotson there. So I, either way, I you know I I think some of these receivers who are going to go later. Uh, you're looking at Traylon Burks. Uh, Christian Watson, Jahan Dotson, um, maybe Sky Moore if he sneaks into the first round. Uh, they're going to be in better shape than the earlier receivers because it, it seems like they're going to go to better quarterbacks. Uh, the Chiefs uh, really need a receiver. Uh, the Packers uh, need one as well. And Dallas is looking at receivers. So 
Uh, they're going to go to the teams with better quarterbacks than uh, than Garrett Wilson, Drake London, Jamison Williams. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how they have it, how they pan out uh, earlier in the career. So if people aren't familiar with Kirby Smart, on Thursday and Friday, they're going to see a lot of Kirby Smart because you really have, I mean, literally in the first two rounds. I mean, this is going to be a Nick Saban-like in terms of Georgia defense. I mean, how many? Six six people could be drafted in the first round from Georgia. Uh, but at what point, and this I, you would do this when you evaluate the Alabama players, at what point the defense was great. We understand Georgia's defense is amazing, but it, are, are all the players great? Or were there some players, if you're not putting on a defense like that, would not be as great and should not be a first-round grade, but, be, but because they were on this um, great ensemble of phenomenal players, this great defense, they're all somehow in the first-round picks. Yeah, it's a fair question for sure. Uh, you know, player, uh, great players make other players great, and uh, that that could definitely be the case. Uh, but you know, they they all tested very well at the combine. Uh, you saw Jordan Davis run a four seven eight. Uh, he was amazing. Uh, Devontae Wyatt had a great combine. He, he may slip because of character concerns. Um, and then you have Trayvon Walker, who was also terrific uh, at the combine. Uh, all these guys tested very well. So it's not like they, they tested mediocrely and, and, you know, you could you could maybe make the argument. I, I think it's still a fair point, though. Um, they're not going to be surrounded uh, relatively with the same great en- ensemble. Um, but given that they're terrific athletes, I, I think there's uh, there's a good chance that most of them will pan out. And then Tampa Bay, you have, of course, Tampa Bay looking for offensive line help for Brady in the first round. But And I looked through your, your drafts, you know, the, the rest of the drafts. You can actually go, you pick the entire draft, which is pretty exciting and amazing to go through. And I use your list. You're the list I use for the, when I watch the entire draft because I just love how you rank the players and, and it's so easy to follow. So that's why I like walkerfootball.com. But the point is, do you, where do you see in terms of what do you think the Bucks would actually move up to try to get a better offensive lineman because they've had so many defections in the last year? Yeah, I think they could do that. Uh, there, there are two uh, first-round uh, caliber guards uh, in this class. You have Kenyon Green and Zion Johnson. Uh, we've heard that Dallas likes uh, the, the two guards a lot, so they could take the guards. Uh, Tennessee has, has shown interest in the guards. So I, I think if Tampa were to move up, I think they'd have to move up to maybe number 23. Uh, they could trade with Arizona. I think that would make a lot of sense and kind of leapfrog uh, the two teams that would take the guards, um, and, and it would make sense for for the Buccaneers to move up. I mean, they're they're in win now mode. Uh, Tom Brady, you don't know how much longer he's going to play in the NFL. Uh, a few months ago, we thought he was done, and he's coming back. So um, they they need to protect Tom Brady. They had two guards um, lead the team, so uh, they acquired a guard. Now they have to get another one. Uh, so I think it makes sense to to move up because they're all in right now. And uh, another team that's all in is uh, the, across the state is Miami Dolphins. So where do you? I know they're not picking till the third round. M- does not appear they're going to move, but who knows? I mean, they this the Hill trade came out of nowhere. What do you see the Dolphins trying to shore up in their picks, even if they just stay where they're at? So they they brought in a lot of um, players in the defensive uh, back seven, uh, a lot of linebackers, cornerbacks, safeties. Uh, seven of their top 30 visits uh, were devoted to, to this group. So I, I think you're looking at um, a cornerback. I have Joshua Williams going there at, at pick 102. Uh, I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, there, there's been some speculation uh, that one of the cornerbacks uh, could be traded. Obviously, they re-signed Xavier Howard, so he's not going to go. But Byron Jones could, could be on the move. He's, he's expensive. Uh, so I think the Dolphins would be interested in a cornerback. Uh, linebackers, um, I, I think that that could be an issue uh, for them. Uh, they brought in more linebackers on top 30 visits than any other position. Uh, so I think they're, they're also going to be interested in linebackers as well. 
And one last question for me, and then I'll throw it back to Mike. But what if there's one player who you feel that everyone is not really valuing that you said, but like if I call, we call next year, you're like, I told you so about this player. <laughs> what would that one player be uh, or one or two or whatever that you think that people just, they are not seeing what you're seeing? Hmm. Um, I think uh, Bayless Jones, uh, the receiver from Tennessee, um, he, he's, he's some great speed. Uh, he, he has some shaky hands. Um, but, uh, you know, he's, he's nice size. He's 6'0", six, six, oh, 204. Uh, he's a 431. Um, I, I think that, you know, with, with his game-breaking speed, I, I, I feel like he would be a, a good a good player, maybe like a, a Marcus Valdez-Scantling type. Like, I, don't, I don't know if he's going to be a superstar, but I think he could be a good starter in the NFL. And I've seen mock drafts with him going round four, round five, round six. I, I think that in this in this weaker class, I think he should go on day two at some point. Um, also, Sam Williams, uh, you know, I, I've seen him go on day three of the draft. Uh, he was very productive at, at Ole Miss, um, and I, I think he's he's very talented. So I, I could see him being a, a good starter in the NFL. We're speaking with Walter Cherapinski, WalterFootball.com, one of the premier draft resources across the entire internet, so check them out. So, <laughs> you know, five years ago, Walter, one of the least sexy things you could ever do is take an interior lineman early. Then Quinton Nelson came on the scene in 2018, sixth overall pick, and completely changed that. I'm not saying there's one of those in this draft, but last year we saw the Chiefs get Creed Humphrey later in the second round, immediate difference maker. A player that I love this year is Tyler Linderbaum from Iowa. You have him in your most current draft going to Jacksonville with the first pick in the second round. I think this could be a huge win for the Jags getting a player like this. What do you think about Linderbaum on the pro level? Can he be that maybe Quinton Nelson-esque type interior lineman at a center and then he can also play guard? Yeah, I, I think he would be a lot better at center. Um, just uh, with, the, with the length uh, issue, I, th- I think that's his only problem. But I, yeah, I think he's going to be a great starter uh, eventually in the, in the NFL. Uh, the Jaguars lost Brandon Linder uh, to, to uh, retirement, so uh, getting Tyler Linderbaum a top second round, I think, would be great. Uh, during during the pre-draft process, uh, we've had Linderbaum going anywhere between, I, I would say, like twenty and thirty-three. I, I think the Steelers would take him if if they couldn't get the quarterback or or Kyle Hamilton. I, I think that's probably the earliest he would go. Uh, but you know, he could definitely slip to thirty-three. Um, and if he does, I, I think the Jaguars should definitely make that move because Trevor Lawrence last year, he just, he had no help. He, he struggled, but he had no blocking. He had no receiving help, and the Jaguars just really need to give him all the help that he can get, and they're not going to do that at number one because they're taking an edge rusher. Walter, where do we find you all across the Internet? Uh, so, yeah, WalterFootball.com. We have tons of draft coverage. Uh, we're going to be grading every pick during the draft. Uh, and also fantasy football content plus picks against the spread. So uh, you can check check us out at WalterFootball.com. Also on Twitter, at WalterFootball. Walter, thank you so much for joining us here on Iron Sports. Uh, thanks, thanks for having me on.